Welcome back to your favorite radio station, Voice of the Cape, 91.3 FM. In our final segment this afternoon, we complete the last and final um, reading of our Honorable Sheikh Ahmad Didat, Rahimahullah, somebody who inspired the global community of Muslims in terms of da'wah and propagation. And we have a reading by Sister Rashida Davids, who um, does a book review on the biography of Ahmad Didat, titled Ahmad Didat, The Man and His Mission, by University Professor and Author Kulam Vahid. Stay tuned. Chapter 21. The Best of Times, The Worst of Times, The 1980s and 1990s. It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. It was the age of wisdom. It was the age of foolishness. It was the season of light. It was the season of darkness. It was the spring of hope. It was the winter of despair. We had everything before us. We had nothing before us. Charles Dickens, A Tale of Two Cities. Charles Dickens' passage on the previous page provides an apposite description of the IPCI in the period from the mid-1980s to the mid-1990s. The organization experienced rapid growth, but the optimism that resulted from the flow of money into its coffers gave way to perpetual conflicts that eventually led to an implosion within the organization. Essentially, the IPCI had been run by three individuals, Didot, Vanker and Khan, for many years. By 1989, it suddenly had 46 employees, seven trustees, and regularly called on the expertise of lawyers and accountants. The organization had grown beyond the expectations of its founders, yet lacked elementary corporate governance practices. This, together with the entry of new personnel and resulting personality clashes, created a dysfunctional environment. Organizational morale and productivity was deeply affected. Of the 46 staff employed at the IPCI in 1989, 45 had worked there for less than two years. Shabir Basha was one of the young Turks who joined the IPCI in the 1980s. In his matric year, Basha was writing an English project on religion. He read Didat's booklet, Who Moved the Stone, and was so inspired that he visited the IPCI for more information. He met Didat and chatted with him for almost an hour. Didat gave him a few books to read and requested that he return within a week for a test. Basha passed his test and Didat persuaded him to join the IPCI. At the time of writing, over two decades later, Basha was still employed by the IPCI as the office manager. Upon joining the IPCI, Basha, like all new employees, had to complete a Dale Carnegie course in public speaking to sharpen his speaking and presentation skills and a typing course so that he could respond to the increasing volume of correspondence. Didad valued professionalism. Mohammed Khan, the present liaison officer, started with the IPCI in 1990. Khan describes himself as a normal teenager with no interest in da'wah, who knew little about Didat when he joined the organization. He worked closely with Didat's son Yusuf, 
handling his correspondence, banking, sorting out his itinerary for overseas tours, arranging visas, and sending thank you cards, booklets, and DVDs to donors when Yusuf returned from fundraising trips. The likes of Khan and Basha had no connection to the past. Their relationship was mainly with Didat and his son Yusuf, who employed them, trained them, and molded them. Two decades on, Khan remains a vital part of the IPCI. Khan remembers being bowled over by Didat's warmth and generosity, recalling that Didat would call him Bita, and points to the similar impact that Didat had on Zakir Naik, Dawud Ngwani, and Jamaluddin Ahmed. For Khan, the many moving letters that the IPCR receives from people all over the globe whose lives have been transformed as a result of Didat, as well as the ongoing requests for Didat's publications and DVDs from far-off places such as Papua New Guinea, Mexico and Russia, underscore Didat's magnetic personality and global reach. Khan's advice is as follows. Judge Mr. Didat for da'wah, not administration. A myriad of responsibilities sprang up from the growth of the IPCI. Ishmael Sheikh was employed to process foreign income, reconcile petty cash, and prepare wages and salary schedules. Ismail Pochi was hired to manage the nascent computer division, Shabir Amra saw to the maintenance of buildings, and Fazlur Rahman Khan and Shabir Basha handled international correspondence. As Didat became internationally recognized, the IPCI was receiving correspondence from over a hundred countries, including Romania, Fiji, Yugoslavia, Nigeria, China, Bolivia, Siberia and Cyprus, which all had minority Muslim populations. A correspondence department was established to respond to mail. By 1990, the IPCI was mailing an average of 300 letters daily, while at least 200 requests were received each month for Didat's literature. Basha recalls that as long as mail had either IPCI or Didat on the envelope, there was no need for an address, as staff at Durban's Qualbert and West Street post offices knew the intended recipients. IPCI staff visited the post offices three times a day to send and receive mail. A large team received and recorded foreign and local mail, prepared replies, ensured that correspondence was sent without delay, and filed letters and replies. According to Basha, this was an intensive and exhaustive task, and they often worked late into the night. Ahmed Didat was unquestionably one of the most publicly visible Muslim religious figures in South Africa in the second half of the 20th century. There is no doubt that this self-taught man of broad smiles, waving arms, steely stamina, piles of books, a mind of dogmatic certitude and ready answers had a profound impact on many in the Muslim world as well as Christians who were forced to re-examine their texts and the understanding of the Bible. Notwithstanding the controversies that occurred in his public and private life, Dirat always gave the impression that he was at peace with himself and his God, as far as his mission was concerned. Anyone who knew Ahmad Dirat knows that no matter what, he would have the last word. I think that it is to be in tune with God. See, if you are trying to fulfill the plan of God, His word, automatically, I think that this spirit permeates in the person. The Qur'an says that the truth comes from God alone. So, do not be of those who doubt. There is only one truth, and that truth is from God. 
Whatever God says is the truth. Once you are in tune with that, you vibrate on God's wavelength. You don't become God's, but you are on the same vibration as His vibration. That was a reading of um, Ahmad Didat, the man and his mission, a wonderful personality who has inspired many of us South Africans and who installs with us up to this day the quality of da'wah or um, the motivation towards da'wah, reminding one another of the beautiful deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Respected listeners of Voice of the Cape, I hope and trust that you've had a wonderful program with us this evening and uh, I thank you for tuning in. We hope inshallah subhanahu wa ta'ala that you'll tune in in the future as well as um, uh, you know take inspiration from the beautiful advices as well as lessons learned in leadership in being the vice chairman of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in this dunya. From myself Muhammad Sheikh until the next time keep well, keep safe, keep steadfast on deen and keep my family and myself in your du'as. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.